When are you an American Express member? When you travel with the American Express Platinum Card and have access to Centurion lounges at over 40 locations worldwide, you're a member. When your American Express Platinum Card gets you seated at exclusive tables at renowned restaurants through Global Dining Access by Resi, you're a member. When you arrive at live events through dedicated American Express card member entrances at select venues, yeah, you're a member. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When are you an American Express member? When you travel with the American Express Platinum Card and have access to Centurion lounges at over 40 locations worldwide, you're a member. When your American Express Platinum Card gets you seated at exclusive tables at renowned restaurants through Global Dining Access by Resi, you're a member. When you arrive at live events through dedicated American Express card member entrances at select venues, yeah, you're a member. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As we approached the holiday season and our brief break, I wanted to express my deepest gratitude for your unwavering support, spine-chilling stories, and the incredible spooky vibes you bring to our community. To keep the ghostly spirit alive during our holiday break, we've got a special treat for you. Each week, we'll be dropping episodes from our friends at Susto, Spooky Tales, and One Strange Thing right into this feed. It's our way of sharing some incredible content and introducing you to new and amazing shows that are sure to captivate your paranormal curiosity. Thank you for being a part of our haunted journey, for submitting your haunting tales, and for making It's Haunted What Now? a community of fearless ghost enthusiasts. Okay, well, maybe not fearless. Your continued listenership gives me all the spooky feels, and I can't wait to dive into more great episodes and haunting tales with you in 2024. We're all wishing you a hauntingly wonderful holiday season, and here's to many more eerie adventures in the new year. Stay haunted. Welcome back to It's Haunted, What Now? I'm your host, Lainey. Tis the season for ghost stories, crackling fires, and nights that stretch into days, that stretch into nights, that stretch into days. Anyone else? No? Just me? We've compiled a grab bag of spine-chilling stories to fill your stockings with tales that will keep you up long into the night. Okay, ready to get spooked? As we tiptoe into the shadows of our first tale, Phil invites us into the eerie realm of shared nightmares, where the line between sleep paralysis and something far more sinister blurs. My girlfriend and I moved into a new apartment roughly three years ago. Since then, she's been suffering from weekly sleep paralysis. Her brother used to have them when they were children, so she knew what it was right away. She has described it as being completely paralyzed, besides breathing and moving her eyes. 
Most of the time, she says she sees a dark, tall figure moving around our apartment while she's laying there, unable to move. Sometimes she just hears him walking, sometimes he's staring at her from the door, and sometimes he presses down on her chest, making it difficult for her to breathe. She's a non-believer of the paranormal, but these encounters terrify her. Now, to the really scary part. She usually manages to wake me up during these sleep paralysis attacks by breathing quickly and loudly. I can then wake her from it, which enables her to move again and the figure that she sees disappears. What I haven't told her is that these past few months, I've seen the figure as well. Right after I'm woken up by her breathing, I can see it bent over her, pushing down on her ribcage. It always disappears the second I acknowledge it or try to wake her. One night I was home alone watching a movie, and I even saw it in the hallway, staring at me. I pretended I didn't need to see it, and it had disappeared the next time I looked over. Now to the dilemma. Do I tell my girlfriend that her sleep paralysis demon might not be a regular sleep paralysis demon since I've seen it too? I've seen it at the same time when she was in the sleep paralysis state, looking at it, and I most definitely am not also looking at it. I don't want to scare her. She is already terrified from the sleep paralysis, and that is when she feels certain that it's just in her own head. We can't afford to move. I think we can both live like this, given I never tell her the truth. So this is absolutely terrifying, first of all. I feel like a lot of people explain away a lot of paranormal activity by chalking it up to a sleep paralysis demon. But what about when it's someone else's demon? What then? I don't even know if I would tell her the truth. Maybe in this case, ignorance is bliss, but so many people out there are probably yelling like, no, tell her the truth, get out of the house. And it's maybe not necessarily about leaving the house, more so as protecting the house. And I've given many different ways to protect yourself and to protect your home. Again, I have a list of the things that I use in my own home that give me a sense of security, so I'll put it in the show notes for you if you're interested, but I don't necessarily think you have to move, but I think with any relationship, I know I would be upset with my husband if he didn't tell me that he was seeing my sleep paralysis demon and was allowing me to kind of live in that fear alone. And it also makes you feel like less crazy going like, okay, you've seen it too, now what do we do? And I kind of feel like Maybe she would feel more empowered that you feel like you can do something about it. I don't know. Just a suggestion. Next, Griff Scry shares an eerie tale of a locked door in their home, once a haunting prison with a mysterious past. Unexplained phenomena unfold, leaving questions lingering in the shadows. Tonight when I came home from work, I found that when I tried to open my bedroom door, it was locked. I never lock my door. In fact, I didn't even know it could lock, so this took me by surprise. Upon further inspection, not only was the handle locked, but the deadbolt, the one that's super glued shut, was also locked. A little context. The previous owners used the deadbolt to lock their mentally handicapped daughter inside the room that I am now living in. According to the neighbor, they'd lock her in there for days at a time and superglued the deadbolt shut so it couldn't be locked or unlocked from the inside. I've had paranormal experiences in this room before, 
I had just gotten home from work and I was sitting in my room playing video games. No one else was home with me. I left my door half open per usual. Out of nowhere, I briefly heard faint footsteps outside, which caught my attention. As I turned over, I could nearly make out a faint outline of a hand reaching for my doorknob. With a loud bang, my door suddenly slammed shut. I've heard loud, unexplained noises, heavy footsteps, and even my sister has had similar experiences separate from mine. I don't live alone, but my parents are busy people and would never lock me out of my own room. And like I mentioned above, the deadbolt only locks from the outside. How the hell does this happen? Not only the handle, which is never locked, but the deadbolt as well. How does a door lock itself? If someone broke into my house, they didn't touch anything. When I got the door unlocked, my room was exactly how I left it, and the rest of the house seemed completely normal. I genuinely have no explanation. Okay, so this is an odd one. Right off the bat, the first thing I highly recommend would be to replace the door to remove the deadbolt. And then maybe problem solved. This is definitely an odd one and one of my bigger fears when I'm alone. Someone just locking and unlocking doors when I have nothing to do with it. Now, hopefully this is the one and only time you experience that. But again, highly recommend replacing the door. That's less of a paranormal thing and more of a practical thing. Like maybe you don't need a deadbolt on your door. I don't know. Vivid Practice 3257 recounts a mysterious nocturnal journey to the airport where a routine drive takes an inexplicable turn. One night, around 2 a.m., I was driving to the airport for an early flight. For a little context, the drive is one I'm familiar with since I'm a frequent flyer at that airport and is typically around four hours. When I'm making my drives, I normally pull up my GPS to track my time and not necessarily for the route. I travel on the highway for about 90% of the route, so it's basically a straight and easy shot. There were no other cars on the road except for me and a semi-truck that I knew was now a few miles ahead of me. I was blasting music in order to keep me energized for the remainder of the drive. I looked down at my GPS and saw that I was making good time. It looked as though it was going to be smooth sailing. About 20 minutes later, I looked back at my GPS and noticed that it was telling me to take an exit in two miles. I found that weird, since there was no traffic and no reason for me to get off the interstate, since it's a straight shot to the airport taking that route. As I approached the exit, I noticed there wasn't any lighting, no gas station, fast food, or lodging signs. Against my better judgment, I took the exit anyway, thinking there may be an accident ahead that my GPS was trying to get me to avoid. I was taken down a long, dark, narrow road. After a little over half a mile down this road, my GPS started telling me to make a right turn. I approached the turn and stopped dead in the middle of the road. At this point, the red flags were screaming at me. I turned down my music and noticed the road was a dirt road, which was odd to me. I heard cars revving in the distance and a loud commotion, but I couldn't see anything in the darkness. It almost felt like I was being pushed into a different time. I sat there for about a minute before I sped off, going straight down the road and hoping my GPS could reroute me to the interstate. Eventually, I found the highway again and my GPS told me I had the same amount of time left and had gone the same distance that I had prior to taking the exit. 
even the truck a few miles ahead of me was the same. I'm not sure if this was a glitch in the Matrix or something paranormal, but it definitely felt like I was ending up somewhere I didn't belong. You guys, please follow your GPS directions when it's reasonable. Like, when you're going down a dirt road, I'd be like, mm, this is not right, turning around. Especially, like, super late in the morning. Now, getting lost at night like that, especially when you expected a nice, straightforward route, couldn't have been easy. Now, for me, I rely on my GPS to get me anywhere, so I can only imagine what I'd do if it led me to an abandoned road. Like I said, I'd probably turn around and just be like, not today. Good thing you ended up safely back on the road. It's weird that you were hearing sounds. I don't know if that's like intended to mean that you were hearing like a drag race that was going on. Ghosts of drag race pass? I don't know. Car drag, not drag queen, <laughs> to be clear. But interesting nonetheless, and possibly a glitch in the matrix. Our next story comes from Lottie97, who invites us into the chilling ambiance of their childhood home. A centuries-old mansion tainted by a tragic past. I'm sure it's not haunted. I recently stayed the night at my childhood home. It's an old house built in the 19th century. I've never felt at ease in that house. It has an eerie vibe to it. When I was 17, my parents told me that they were able to afford this house, really more of a mansion, because the previous owners desperately wanted to get rid of it. The reason they gave was that their son had sadly taken his life in the attic. Lots of paranormal things have happened to me in that house, but I will give you the full details of my last encounter. It happened last week. I stayed the night in the house because I had a football game that was close to where my parents were living. I went to sleep fairly early in my childhood bedroom around 10 p.m. or so. Everything felt normal, and before I went to bed, I made sure all the doors were locked. My parents were on a wellness retreat in Germany, and my brother had moved out a while ago, so it was just me in the house. I went to sleep feeling comfortable and quite at ease, even though I was cautious. I texted some of my friends goodnight, and that was it. The comfortable feeling suddenly wore off when I awoke at 3 a.m. I heard music playing, but it was muffled, and I couldn't hear it clearly. My first instinct was that it was a car playing music with its windows closed, parked on the street. I said to myself, give it 10 minutes and the car will pass. The music was still playing 10 minutes later. I felt annoyed and, quite frankly, pissed off. I had to wake up early in the morning and this was ruining my sleep. I walked to my bedroom window to see where the music was coming from, ready to throw a fit. I opened my blinds, opened the window to look outside, and my stomach dropped. There was no car, nor was there anyone else outside. I realized the music was coming from upstairs, in the attic that my parents had recently renovated into their bedroom. I knew they had a radio on my mother's bedside table. She never used it though, and most of the time it wasn't even plugged in, because she had only one socket in that room and she used it to charge her phone. I was freaking out. Why would these kinds of encounters only happen when I was alone at home? I tried calling my parents, but they didn't pick up, and my brother didn't pick up either. 
Not surprising, I suppose, since it was three in the morning. I realized that I would have to deal with this situation alone, so I decided to open the door of my bedroom that leads up to the hallway. At the end of the hallway, there was a circling staircase that led up to the attic. I opened my bedroom door, and the music became louder. I now could hear clearly which music was playing. It was some sort of dark organ music. My stomach dropped again. I never felt as scared as I did then. I did not want to do this alone. I had one last rescue line that I could call. My friend Philip. He usually played video games until the early hours, so he surely was still awake. When I called him and explained the situation, he reassured me that it was probably a problem with an electrical outlet, and that had jump-started the radio. I felt reassured by his answers and made the walk upstairs to the attic. I was with him on the phone the whole time. I stood in front of the door and I could clearly hear the music. It was so loud. I knew I had to get in to turn it off, but I was so frightened. Philip reassured me that everything was going to be alright. It was just faulty wiring. It was just faulty wiring. I kept repeating it to myself. I opened the door. Instantly, the music stopped. I ran downstairs, put on all the lights, and watched trashy TV until 7am. I played the worst football game in history the next day. We lost 7-0. Well, sorry first that you lost your game again. We've had so many creepy stories of old houses on this show, but they never get any easier to stomach, to read, none of that. Being alone in a place that you'd hope that you'd feel safe in and feeling vaguely threatened like that is such a strange and upsetting experience to go through. So I'm glad nothing more dangerous happened, but I am sorry that you lost your football game. Wait a minute totally forgot to mention that your parents moved into the attic and brave souls they are. I get the whole space thing, like they probably have a huge space, but I could not feel comfortable doing what I do and moving into a room that had that kind of history. In our haunting finale, Sad Shine 720 unfolds a perplexing mystery embedded within the remnants of a past relationship. My ex-boyfriend and I bought a tin of magnetic words for the refrigerator a few years ago. We broke up about five months ago and I moved out, but I still go over to visit sometimes to see our dog. The past couple of times I visited, something really unsettling occurred, and neither of us can come up with a logical explanation for it. The magnetic words have always been scrambled on the fridge door. We never actually use them or put them together, and never have. Two weeks ago, we noticed the words by and human reading by human placed side by side, isolated from all the other words so that it was easy to see. They were on the freezer door while the other words were on the fridge door. We brushed it off as a weird coincidence until it happened again. This time, it was with different words and a different formation. This time, it was the words too much free blessed me. And rather than being side by side, they were placed vertically going up and down. Again, though, it was like they were intentionally isolated from all the other magnets on the fridge so that we'd spot it easily. They were perfectly placed, perfectly aligned with no gaps in between. That's the thing I find the most weird. The only person who has been there since my ex noticed this has been his co-worker, 
who we are both certain had nothing to do with this. He would have most definitely told him by now, and this isn't just something he would have done anyways. We have no kids that could have done this either. My ex changed the code for the deadbolt padlock on the front door, and all the windows in the house have been locked. There is a camera by the front door and back doors, but mysteriously, the front door camera stopped working a few days before we noticed the first phrase on the fridge. Unfortunately, my ex removed all the magnets from the fridge before either of us thought to take a photo. My ex is convinced that I did it and I'm messing with him, especially because I was in the house to check on the cat while he was out of town a few times. I wish I could tell him I did it so that he can relax, but I'm not taking the blame for this. I'm equally afraid of what's going on, even if I'm not living there anymore. We have never noticed any strange behaviors from the dog or the cat, but there have been times lately that I've heard stuff randomly fall down in the garage and unexplained knocking at the front door when there was no one there. There have been times where I'd wake up in the middle of the night and thought I saw something standing in the bathroom, across the hallway from the bedroom, but it's hard to tell when it's dark and in the middle of the night. I can't be certain if I saw anything at all. I know the previous owner's husband died in this house back in 2007 or something like that, and the owner herself may even be dead now too. She was 96 when she sold the house to us, but it's been a few years and I haven't seen her name in the obituaries yet. My thought is that one or both of their spirits may be lingering in the house. Maybe they're trying to leave us a message. Okay, well, if they're trying to leave you some sort of message, by humans isn't exactly the one I'm looking for. Now, I'm just glad there isn't anything more sinister. I mean, I hope. I was initially thinking the whole by humans thing was like your dog or your cat saying bye in some weird way, but then they seem to be alive and healthy, which is wonderful and great. So I hope one day, if you put the magnetic things back on there, maybe you can get photos of the strange messages if, that is, they happen again, or you can forget about that. Hopefully, this is more of a benevolent spirit just trying to say hello or tease you, but if it's something worse, well, we just won't think about that. Well, that does it for this episode. If you'd like to submit your own personal spooky tale to be read on the show, head to hauntedpod.com and click on the link to submit your story. You can also email me, hauntedpod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. It really does help. You can find us on Twitter, for now, at podcast underscore haunted, Instagram at it's haunted what now, or at hauntedpod.com. Production assistance by Jesse Hawk, writing assistance by Meg Williams. The official composer and audio smith for the show is Neeks at We Talk of Dreams. Check him out on Twitter at We Talk of Dreams or WeTalkOfDreams.com. Until next time. Did you hear that?